So good evening and welcome to uh, the show that has no name. I think we, we, we'll come up with a name with this, but at this point maybe we'll call it Radio Peace and Conflict. Uh, this is a monthly uh, program um, that's of WKCR, um, which is focused on all things related to peace, conflict, violence, uh, and sustainability at Columbia University. Uh, and it's a program that's sponsored by AC4, which is the Advanced Consortium on Cooperation, Conflict, and Complexity. Um, which really tries to bring people together across the university to um, uh, speak on and work together on issues of war, peace, violence, and sustainability. There's a website for AC4, which is ac4.ei.columbia.edu, um, which I encourage you to go to because there's um, a tome of information there about what's happening at Columbia. I'm Peter Coleman. I'm on faculty um, both at Teachers College in psychology as well as at the Earth Institute, and I direct a center at Teachers College called the International Center for Cooperation and Conflict Resolution and co-direct AC4. And tonight I have the pleasure of uh, having two of my colleagues here who um, are f uh, foremost in running AC4. Uh, Christiana Gazzi is the assistant director of AC4. She's also a Columbia alum. Uh, and um, is uh, has um, ideas to become a professional baker. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> and uh, Nick Redding is a project coordinator who is a Ph.D. student at Columbia but also uh, has been working with AC4 for about a year. And he's um, helped us uh, develop something called AC4 Link, which he'll talk a little bit about. Uh, but first, a little context about this this advanced consortium that's here at Columbia University. Can you give us some sense of what it is? What is AC4? How did it start? Where did it come from? Sure. Um, so conflict resolution has, um, as a field, has a rich history um, starting post-World War II, trying to understand how these uh, types of atrocities could happen and bring that into an academic setting. So a lot of conflict resolution originated um, at the school at SIPA, the School for International Public Affairs, and has little by little um, grown in different areas of the university. So at the law school, as well as Teachers College um, by a professor emeritus named Morton Deutsch, who um, was really uh, a seminal researcher in the field. So um, as things grew at Columbia, it became clear that there was a need to um, mobilize and organize this field of study so people from different disciplines could have um, access to it. Uh, most universities, including Columbia, are very siloed within their, their disciplines, so, um, and conflict res resolution inherently needs to be um, an interdisciplinary field. So. Um, Peter Coleman and others became aware that there was really a lot of richness in this field, and um, so AC4 was originated um, in tandem with the program on negotiation and conflict resolution headed by Beth Fisher Yoshida at the School for Continuing Education. Um, <coughs> so we're a consortium rather than a center, because if you're familiar with Columbia, there are far too many centers. So a consortium um, allows us to kind of be in a facilitative position. And we're housed at the Earth Institute, which some of you might know is a um, very well uh, regarded sustainable development institute. So they focus, they bring social science and physical science together to deal with things ranging from water resource management to our niche, which is conflict and peace. So. Um, 
we we exist to bring people together to collaborate, to share, connect theory, research, and practice at Columbia related to conflict, violence, peace, and sustainability. Great. So one of the things that's particularly interesting, I think, about the history is that uh, there are indeed pockets of research and practice that have happened around Columbia at the School of International Affairs, at the law school, at the business school, at, at uh, in psychology. Um, but they've all uh, sort of taken it up in very different ways. And in right. fact, there's a fair bit of fair bit of tension and even, mm -hmm. I would say, conflict mm -hmm. <laughs> about how to study peace and conflict that comes out of these different disciplines, right? Mm -hmm. There is the sort of, you know, the psychological way to understand relationships. There's the political way to understand it. There's, you know, economics has their own point of view. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the interesting and challenging things, right, about this consortium is that you have, you know, when people say interdisciplinary, you think, oh, great, everybody's playing together nicely, but no, there's not really a common language to talk about these issues. So it's been a, quite a journey, right, yes. bringing these disparate <laughs> voices together. But as you say, I think ultimately that is a, a goal of the Earth Institute in particular, is to try to look at complex global problems through different perspectives. And so this is very in line with that, that mission. That's right. So um, uh, what's the main objective of this thing then? What's like the, the take-home message of AC4? What are, you, what are we trying to do? So we're trying to connect students, faculty, departments, and programs that are working in conflict, peace, sustainability, to work together and develop innovative research theory and practice. Great. So what are the kinds of like resources or initiatives that um, AC4 supports or helps organize and coordinate? So um, our one of our main initiatives is to um, fund graduate students. So we offer grad student fellowships. Um, and really, our fellows are amazing. They're working all around the world. Some of them are doing um, very applied work, very uh, field work um, in Sri Lanka, in Vancouver, in the Congo, all over the place. Um, and then some people are doing very, um, you know, basic laboratory research here at Columbia. So we're happy to support them. <coughs> and then we also offer a... Uh, scholarship to a conflict resolution conference, which happens every year. Um, and then we have about nine, close to nine uh, research projects happening right now all around the world, um, dealing with issues of genocide prevention, um, community building within nonprofits, um, working in the Middle East on issues of peace and conflict. Um, and then we have AC4 link, which my colleague Nick is going to talk about. That's a, a really great resource. Um, then our website, we have student groups. So trying to cover all bases. Sounds like uh, first and foremost, there's funding. Yes. Right? Which I would <laughs> seed imagine. Money. And the funding, uh, the seed money for projects is primarily for graduate students at Columbia, right? That's right. Uh, but also there are some faculty funded projects as well. There right? are, yes. Okay. Um, and, and so AC4LINK, what is this thing that, that uh, you've been working on, Nick? Sure. So w AC4 has been working, as we said, to um, facilitate all this interdisciplinary work, and we're doing that through funding and other initiatives. Um, but one thing that was recognized, too, is the Columbia being so large and in some ways siloed in the sense that people are in their disciplines or at least within the schools in which they are housed as faculty or centers. Um, there's a lot of times where uh, people aren't aware of what's happening elsewhere at the university. Um, so this thing, AC4Link, um, was a recognition that maybe a first step in 
um, facilitating cross-disciplinary dialogue, cross-school dialogue, uh, was to create a database of all the people, centers, programs at Columbia that are doing work in conflict, peace, violence, and sustainability. Um, I came on this project about a year and a half ago, and this project started with an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, each school had its own sheet, and it was a list of people, centers, you know, contact information, what their research interests are, what they're, what they're doing, um, how to find them. And we filled that spreadsheet up, and then we had to figure out how to make that information accessible to the Columbia community. Um, and to make it also useful for the people that were actually profiling or, or listing in this database. And, and as most people know now, with the internet the way it is, websites the way they are, we're bombarded with information. And, and it's not anymore about getting the information, but about delivery, accessibility, ease of use. Um, and so we decided to, to have a little more fun with this database and actually create a, a profile system. So we worked with a uh, web designer to design a site that create that sh uh, shows profiles for people and centers in a way like maybe you'd find on Facebook or LinkedIn or something. There's a picture, there's the contact information, there's other information about them. Um, and then what we did was we made sure that the database was set up in a way that it highlighted how people are related in ways other than school affiliation. So mm -hmm. um, it highlights the disciplines that they work under, and many people have multiple disciplines. Um, it highlights the kind of work that they do, the topic area in conflict, peace, violence that they do. And the website was designed such that it's very easy to navigate around that. So you might start with a particular person or school, view some of those profiles and see uh, a discipline that interests you. If you click on that discipline, you'll find a whole new list of faculty that's not limited to the school you started with, but across Columbia. So, so, so let's just do that for a second. So if, if, um, if a listener now went to the website, which is ac4.ei.columbia.edu, and then there, there's a thing called AC4 link that they click on, right? right. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm a Columbia undergraduate new here and I want to eventually be the head of the World Bank and I want to have some <laughs> sense of who I can network with here and what I can learn while I'm here, or, or a new graduate student in sociology or something, Sure. Um, I, I, I go to AC4 link and what do I see? Okay, so um, the best example I like to use because I'm studying psychology, that's where I'm familiar, and I, I was pretty um, am impressed by where the field is represented across Columbia. So if I were a graduate student in psychology, i just come to the university, um, and for me, I started at Teachers College, and there's a, quite a bit of psychologists there doing great work. Um, but if I were to go to AC4 link and start with um, Teachers College and look at the people who are working there, and I clicked on the uh, discipline of psychology, what I'd be surprised to see is probably six schools represented at least in good number. So um, Teachers College, the Graduate School of Arts and Sciences, which is the experimental psychology, um, SIPA, there are psychologists working there, uh, the Mailman School of Public Health, psychologists working there, the Business School, there's a lot of psychology there. Um, I'm probably missing something, but mm -hmm. it's, suddenly you kind of feel that it, you know, your discipline is, is psychology. That doesn't mean you need to confine yourself to a school. You can find people to work with sure. across the, the campuses. So Fantastic. Um, Go ahead. I, oftentimes, um, faculty or programs departments are you know, broadly focused, but they'll, a strand of their research or one of their programs will be about conflict, peace, violence, or sustainability. So what we've done with AC4Link is distill that information so it's specific to what they're working on in the field. So, so I can look up a particular faculty member or center, 
and I can see that it, while it has mostly a psychological uh, perspective or an international affairs perspective, but it also deals with certain issues, right? You break it down by issues like violence prevention and nonviolence. Right. We have about 15 topic areas that we're continuing to refine because essentializing conflict, peace, violence into 15 buckets is difficult, and there's, there's pushback about the topics, especially when it doesn't quite represent what someone does. Sure. So mostly, though, this is a, this is a hub, right? So if you want to go and see, well, what is the network of activity around this area? So I'm interested in human rights, yeah. right, and its relation to conflict and peace, and I can click on that, and it shows me who's doing work on human rights, what centers are doing it, what are the research projects that are out there. That's exactly right. Fantastic. That's great. So um, so over the past uh, year or so, I know that you've been um, knocking on doors at Columbia and meeting people and meeting centers and institutes. Um, so what are some of the things that you've discovered that you found while you were here? Who, who are some of the faculty that are doing interesting work, or who are some of the ce- what are some of the centers? Well, I think it's really amazing how many people's work overlap and they've never met each other mm. or they're not familiar with with each other. It's a big place, Columbia It's a huge, I mean, yes, that's true. Um, But we went to the medical school campus to speak with someone who was in the bioethics department. And um, she had been here for many years, and her, one one of her um, research areas was very much related to someone at the, in the psychiatric department that we had just spoken to the week prior to Mm. that. So, we were able to see that connection and mention it to her and send an email and connect them. So what's really um, most interesting and motivating is seeing people actually connect around the issues. Uh, so have you seen evidence of that yet, that you'll, you'll go to a program, understand that there's something at the J school, and it's, it's also you know people are studying similar things, youth violence or delinquency at Mailman, and you're able to sort of help them connect the dots? Absolutely. At the journalism school, there's the DART Center for Journalism and Trauma, and they do a lot of work that's related to um, the psychiatric department, public health, psychology. So we've been able to connect them. So, And typically, they're just not aware of each other until you have these conversations and mm-hmm. start to introduce them. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And so, and like some of the, f- uh, some faculty research, are there uh, particular projects that are going on that are, uh, you find, found interesting? Yeah, I can speak to that. There's a a few people that stood out um, before coming to the show today. I wanted to look through the database and just see the people that popped out that I thought were really interesting to highlight. Um, I found a a professor up at the Mailman School of Public Health named Jack Saul. He's assistant professor of clinical population family health. Um, He founded the International Trauma Studies Program actually at NYU. Um, He established a community resource center in New York called Refuge for Survivors of Political Violence and Forced Migration. I think a lot of those folks are from Africa that have um, since come to the U.S. Um, He's a member of the Kosovo Family uh, Professional Education Collaborative, where they're doing work to develop the community mental health system in post-war Kosovo. Um, There's another individual, uh, Clara Irazabal, and she's at the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning, and Preservation. And I pulled her out because this is a, a Graduate School of Architecture might not be the first stop in looking for someone doing work in mm-hmm. conflict, conflict, peace, and violence. But sure. um, this also highlights the learning opportunity that comes from both building this database and, and browsing it is that you start to realize that this work does come from all over. Um, she's Assistant Professor of Urban Planning. Uh, she's Director of the Latin American and Car- uh, Carib- 
Caribbean laboratory at, at Columbia. And she doesn't work directly in conflict, peace, and violence, but what she does is looks at the social issues related to transforming urban spaces mm. and how urban conditions oppress individuals and groups. And mm. so she looks at issues of minoritized identity and their intersections and how sometimes even efforts to highlight uh, um, all those, uh, the intersections of those and the diversity within a city can actually act to um, kind of suppress it, negatively impact it. Sure. So, and then we're also, since we are that hub, we're starting to find out about new people that are coming on campus. Mm -hmm. So over the summer, um, Professor Chris Blattman at SEPA joined us, um, and he's doing all sorts of interesting things on the political economy of development, African politics, applied statistics for the causes of war and violence. Um, he looks at the consequences of poverty and violence and does work with the Innovations for Poverty Action Group. Um, Center for Global Development, things like that. So, I know this, uh, I think about two weeks ago, um, Nick sent me a link to a, a, I think it's a new program at Mailman mm -hmm. on, uh, that, uh, uh, on complexity science and the applications of complexity science. And we, our team at, at Teachers College um, does a lot of work on, the, on dynamical systems and complexity and its applications for conflict and peace. Um, so it was interesting to see coming out of Mailman this uh, new initiative of uh, faculty, I think it's also the deans involved, uh, people I've never heard of <laughs> that, that are approaching problems in similar ways. They're not mm -hmm. perhaps studying the same issues, but they're, uh, the paradigm is the same. So mm -hmm. it was fantastic to connect uh, and, uh, with them. You know, I think this, um, this is kind of an extraordinary week because it's the memorial of 9-11, it's the anniversary of 9-11, but also um, there is this tumult that's taking place, this anti-American sentiment that's taking place really across North Africa and the Middle East now. It's, it's interesting, it is sort of, there was the, the wave of what they called the Arab Spring and there was the, um, the overthrow really of uh, several governments and, um, and, and now we're seeing this interesting second wave really which is uh, connected to um, uh, the, uni the U.S. and the U.S.'s role there. And uh, it seems to be an eclectic group of interests, but um, the complexity of those situations are unbelievable, right? And the fact that they're so it's so hard to predict what's going to happen. So what triggered this is a film, right? Some B movie that came out of some place in <coughs> Los Angeles, um, but is inciting riots against embassies, inciting uh, violence and murders. Um, so it's, uh, it's it's fascinating to see those kinds of things, and then think, well, what what is what is a place like Columbia University? What are the things that we can do in terms of research, or 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 even direct, you know, policy making or intervention, mm -hmm. that can have an impact on those kinds of world events? Um, and there are a variety of people here at at um, there's you know special centers that that look at the Middle East, mm -hmm. that look at Northern Africa, right uh, yeah. at SIPA. But we you know we frankly um, you know have found it interesting to. Uh, look at cases within Colombia because mm -hmm. obviously Colombia has has a, a rich history of conflict, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know certainly in the in the late '60s and early '70s there was a lot of tumult on campus, but um, but there have been a variety of other issues. You know mm -hmm. I know there was a anti uh, uh, divestment from apartheid from South Africa campaign at some point, and 
and then there were these tensions that have happened around um, really sort of manifestations of the Middle East conflict that have taken place here. And there, uh, you know, I think it is important and interesting for Columbia University to own its own stuff and to <laughs> do what we can to um, use our, our, our intellectual capacities mm-hmm. and resources to study those things and to move our understanding of them forward, not to, um, right, not right. only to work them, but also to, to understand them and study them. So that's actually been a case that um, some, some, of the, um, some of the group that we've worked with have been yeah. studying directly. Yeah. There's the expansion issue as well, which has been that's full right. of conflict. Right. The se- se- several waves <laughs> of expansion, I yeah. think, into Morningside Heights uh, and the issues with that. And, and really, I think there, there, are, there are illustrations of how the university at times have done that really effectively mm-hmm. and have worked with the, you know, um, work with the community mm-hmm. collaboratively and other times when less so, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an interesting thing to study as well. So we were talking about some of the more uh, some of the interesting uh, centers, institutes, uh, faculty projects that are happening around the university, and 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 one um, there is an area of peace education. Can you ex- give us a little sense of what is peace education, uh, and uh, what are some of the uh, activities on that at, on campus? Sure. So peace education is a field that I believe originated um, at least as a formal study at Teachers College. Um, And it's primarily concerned with addressing um, direct, structural, and cultural violence through um, pedagogy, um, curriculum, and policy related to education in a formal setting and an informal setting. So a lot of students that study peace education um, work in other countries as well as um, in urban areas in the U.S. It's very interdisciplinary. It pulls from human rights, justice, uh, security studies, it has yeah. uh, something more of a, tr- uh, a social justice and a transformative agenda, right, than sure. uh, a yes. even somewhat, might say even more of a radical agenda than s- basic negotiation processes and mm-hmm. things that are more about stabilizing the status quo. And right. Betty Reardon uh, has well, been a yeah. seminal figure there, yes? Yes. Uh, she, I think, what launched a peace uh, education center at, at I believe Teachers that College. she's considered to be like the founder of the field of peace education. Right, yeah. a, uh, an international figure and has been involved for a long time in peace education, certainly at Teachers College, but also around the world. Right. Yeah. So, um, so tell us a little bit about what, uh, who's doing what in peace education now at uh, around Columbia. Sure. So um, Monisha Bajaj is, um, I think, the faculty director for the concentration. Um, And she works, I believe, in South Asia. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, Betty Reardon, who's um, Professor Emeritus. And there's a whole lot of students working around the world. One of our former colleagues um, was working on school violence in Mm -hmm. the Caribbean. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's Hakeem Williams. That's Hakeem, Dr. Hakeem Williams. (laughs) Very good. Um, so, um, so I know that one of the, one of the points of AC4 is to help share information because there are so many things happening Mm -hmm. all the time. There are events, there are new courses, there are lectures that take place, there are new research projects that are funded and that are looking for student involvement or, or, you know, community involvement. There are community initiatives that take place. So, um, so one of the challenges I think of AC4 has been, so how do we, share that information in some way that's, you know, um, useful, right, um, but also timely so that we mm-hmm. can give people information, um, you know, before events happen and not two weeks after <laughs> they happen. So, Nick, you've been working on that. Sure, sure. So 
Of course, one of our web-based efforts I just spoke about was giving people a one-stop shop to find people, places at Columbia doing this kind of work. Um, but another th um, need that we recognized at Columbia is also a place to very quickly find all the latest news about events and uh, publications, conferences, things like that at Columbia and outside of Columbia, but related to Columbia. And we live in a time now where there's numerous media outlets to um, engage a community. Um, and we've been trying to strategically make use of those. Um, we've already given the uh, website or our, our website address and we get about 1,100, 1,200 visitors a month to the site. We have a homepage that highlights the news and events that are happening at Columbia. Um, and it also hosts our Twitter feed. Um, we've been using the Twitter feed to make announcements about news and to retweet what other centers are tweeting that is related to conflict, conflict peace, and violence. Mm -hmm. So um, we have a Facebook group that has grown to over 1,200 members, mm -hmm. um, and it's a group. So for those who are familiar with Facebook, a group is more of an interactive experience. Mm -hmm. um, we allow anybody to post to the group. So if they want to make an announcement um, or to bring up a discussion topic or things. They don't have to rely on us to first post this event or this news. They just put it there. Um, and as long as it's appropriate, we, we leave it up. Um, we also have a LinkedIn account where we um, share, we try to keep it more to internship opportunities, job opportunities, career advice, things like that in the field. But we have 139 members there as well. So, and then an email list to be more traditional, over 2000 people on our email list that were um, we're getting ready to start a newsletter that would go out monthly, and then we also use that for major events and announcements. Um, and for listeners that are interested, um, you can go to our website and find the Contact Us button in the upper right. We'll guide you to all of those outlets. Great. And now you have WKCR, which is also another outlet, another, outlet. <laughs> another way to learn about what's happening here. Yeah, and I'll, I'll mention, too, this is a radio broadcast, but we try to get the podcasts up from these um, shows on the website as well. So. Great. Fantastic. So one example of uh, an event that Columbia, um, or that AC4 sponsors, uh, is happening, uh, I think, early November, right, uh, Christiana? That's right. So on November 7th at Teachers College, uh, starting at 2 p.m., we're going to have uh, a day-long event all about um, peace, conflict, violence, and sustainability happening at Columbia. So it's called Sustaining Peace Interdisciplinary Perspectives. So we're having an information session, um, departments, programs, setting up tables. So if you're a new student, you're interested in the field, um, you can swing by and pick up some flyers. Uh, then we're also having a poster session, which will showcase the work of our AC4 fellows, as well as some of our, our other funded projects. Then we're having a host of workshops um, ranging from conflict mapping to dynamical systems theory to um, using communication and peace building. Um, you can find more about the workshop list on our website. And then we're closing with a, a book launch of um, Peter Coleman's upcoming book about the psychological uh, contributions to sustainable peace. And he's going to give a talk about how to take peace seriously. So, so right. Okay. So, so um, just to, to, I guess, tip my hand on that a bit, yeah. where one of the things that we've found in the study of peace is that it's rare yeah. that there is um, extensive study in many disciplines on war, violence, um, aggression, mm -hmm. um, the sort of more pathological sides of, um, you know, human existence. 
Um, but there are very, very few scholars who actually study peace directly. What are the conditions, necessary sufficient conditions for more peaceful relations? And there are a handful of scholars that study that. So part of this book that we've done and this event that will happen on November 7th is to really start to take peace seriously. What, what you know, h- how do we understand that? Why is there so much emphasis on the sort of more destructive side of human mm-hmm. interaction and not on the more sort of pro-social side, you know? Um, and how do we reorient or at least um, incentivize that kind of research? So this book mm-hmm. that's coming out, which is an edited book by uh, Morton Deutsch and myself, uh, has a host of uh, mostly psychologists who write about, from their perspective, what is what is social justice issues, what are structural issues that will lead to sort of more, more peaceful conditions in a more peaceful society. So, um, so that'll happen on the seventh. Well, I want to thank um, uh, both my guests, uh, Nick Redding, who is project coordinator at uh, AC4, and Christiana Gazzi, who is the assistant director of AC4, who um, together with uh, a host of other staff have been uh, really growing this thing from the bottom up. This is a fairly new initiative. I think it's this is AC4 is in its fourth year, is it right? Third. Third year, yeah. okay. <laughs> you think I would know that, but <laughs> AC4 is in its third year. Uh, but thank you for coming and, and sharing uh, the, the history and uh, the events, and, and good luck with the further development of it. Great, thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us.